Welcome in everyone. Uh, it is Thursday, September 30th, 2021. Uh, welcome to State of the Family Courts. I am your host, uh, Mark Real, and tonight our guest is Pennsylvania Attorney Larry DeMarco. Um, now let me tell you a little bit about Larry before before we hop in and start talking. So Larry's the founder of the Law Center and a partner at DeMarco and DeMarco PC. He's one of the few uh, few lawyers with an advanced law degree in trial advocacy from Temple Law School. Larry's been a sole practitioner in Philadelphia five county area for 28 years and has a litigation firm and a general practice. He serves as a judge pro tem for the Court of Common Pleas court system, a board member for the Justinian Law Society, and a mediator. He also operates www.familylawcoaching.com and provides affordable legal advice for family law litigants. His community service includes volunteering for Fathers Anonymous, serving as an academic fellow for the Strong Families Commission, an organization which seeks greater fa uh, father family involvement in Pennsylvania and across the United States. Um, volunteering for Philadelphia VIP, providing pro bono services for low-income residents of Philadelphia Family Courts, and operating the Law Center YouTube channel, which provides free video self-help resources for the self-represented family law litigants. Um, so just in reading that, um, I'm sure a lot of our viewers already have a lot of, of questions for you. So uh, Larry, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Um, We'll go ahead and we'll hop right in. We'll go ahead. We'll hop right in here. So you're you're in Philadelphia. You've been practicing law for for 28 years, um, and you're very involved in um, providing services to family law litigants and providing services to to fathers to become more involved parents. Um, so we'll hop right in. The first thing we start off every single week is the National Parents Organization Scorecard. Um, I think this is the lowest score we've had on the show. We had California a couple weeks ago, which was also a D. So the state of Pennsylvania has a D um, on the National Parents Organization Scorecard. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about what the laws are and what it looks like for litigants in Pennsylvania right now? Sure. Having a sure. D is the bottom D third in the country. And like some of these other uh, states that also had a low score but then passed a shared parenting law, we had our shared parenting law introduced, uh, then it stalled with COVID for other reasons. Either way, without saying why it stalled, it stalled. So a lot of my friends and there was a lot of fanfare about going down to Harrisburg and uh, giving testimony and protesting. But I don't think there's been any movement on it since then. Pennsylvania does have one of the factors that says the judge must consider which parent is going to include the other parent, and that's a factor for deciding where custody should go. But there's no presumption in the law, and that's really what it's all about. There's no real shared orders. Uh, I'm sorry, there's no temporary orders that includes shared so um no presumption of shared custody and so it's a little antiquated and we need to change all right let me let me check out we we're having some some feedback issues um can people in the comments um is is my mic do we still have some feedback coming from my mic or mine for that matter 
let me we're getting some comments in here so i think uh i think i may have it may have resolved that that issue so um if let let us know his okay so it's looking like uh can you turn your volume up or or um is that possible we're getting some uh yeah, when you said feedback, I thought I was too loud. How's this? Testing, 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 testing. Is it, is it easier to hear Larry now? Do we want to try? We, we can take a pause here. You want to try the, the headphones to see? I guess your volume to the viewers is quiet. I'm quiet? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Sorry about that. This is a first in my life, guys. So <laughs> thanks for being a part of history here. <laughs> All right, Mike. So that's the same mic, but now I'm not going to hear feedback. So, all right, is it better? Talk to me. Is it better? Is it yeah, better? Can we can we hear? Is is Larry better? So, some reverb here. Let me let me make an adjustment here for us so we can. Uh... I guess I'm picking up some of your audio here. Well, now it's in my. So you're not getting it from my mic because I just put the headphone in. Yeah, it's. It's coming from my side. All right. So do we still have uh, do we still have reverb? Testing, 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 testing. All right. We still have reverb. One, one second here, guys. Let me, let me go make an adjustment to the setup here. All right. Okay, we uh, we should be better now. Oh, I think we just lost me. We should be better now, though. I hear you loud and clear. You're here. Yes, Chris Cole. I am wearing shorts. Um, it, it is it is after work now. So all right. So we'll go ahead and we will uh, we'll, we'll hop right in. So so you you were going through um, the state of Pennsylvania. Um, we have a, a D on the, the shared parenting scorecard. And um, I was actually just in St. Louis this weekend, and there was a lot of talk about there was some movement in the past, but it essentially got shut down by what happened to be one individual um, in, in, in Harrisburg. So what, is, what does it look like? So you work a lot with in, in a little bit more of a low-income community, and you provide a ton of resources. What does it look like for dads on the ground when they go in to, to try to get that custody? To, to uh, just like, so other people in the country can identify, basically any neighborhood or any jurisdiction where you have an old-fashioned judge with old-fashioned values, I don't even like that term, but the idea is that you have mom as the caretaker in the tender years, and that just continues right through the entire, the entire uh, life of the child. So the, the dad is inside, is outside looking in, and is fighting for time through the entire course of the, of a custody battle. It, there's, you know, you have some progressive areas, you have some uh, progressive judges who who can see things 50-50, but it's always the exception, not the rule. The rule is the old-fashioned uh, paradigm, or antiquated, we should say, where uh, they assume mom is the caretaker and dad is the babysitter. 
We, yeah, and I think that's something. Have Have you seen? So you you've uh, you've been in the community for 28 years. You've been providing these resources. Have you seen a change or a shift? I, I know I've I've had conversations in different areas of the country where they think that despite laws not changing, judges have become more progressive or more favorable towards joint uh, parenting setups. Yeah, it, it wouldn't be fair for me to say that there's not some progress that, uh, I mean, I know a lot of dads who are the primary parents. I was one for a, a few years. So sure, there's, there's um, dads are more involved, but they're, they're still, the majority still has the same struggle that basically the volunteers at TFRMC. Which I can tell you, Mark, leads me to my uh, next group, the Campaign for Greater Father Family Involvement in Philadelphia. There is a, um, a movement, or Pennsylvania, I should say, called the Campaign for Greater Father Family Involvement. And I have been appointed an academic fellow for this organization. And um, we are trying to establish a commission, an agency in Pennsylvania of somewhere between 13 and 21 members and a budget of about a million a year where this group will be able to review policies and uh, make reports and give advice, establish best practices for all the agencies um, nonprofits or and the government basically to remove the systematic barriers that are in place that keep fathers from being equal parents in both under the law and in practice. So uh, I actually prepared a uh, video if I could share that with your viewers that basically sum summarizes everything that we're doing. Yeah, definitely. Let's go ahead and we'll show it. Uh, do me a favor, give me a sign if you can't hear this. Now, can you have that? There's a crisis of father yep. absence and father non-involvement in Pennsylvania and the United States. Too many children don't have the full parental support they need. One in three children are being raised without a father in the home. Research shows that father involvement is associated with better outcomes for children. Fathers can be role models, caretakers, providers, and advocates for their children. When a child has the involvement of both parents, the child's more likely to behave better, excel in school, and achieve emotional well-being. Fathers help protect children, help them develop resilience, and mitigate risks while becoming an adult. Systematic barriers can impede greater father-family involvement, including, but not limited to, the stigma associated with seeking or receiving behavioral health services, failure of homelessness prevention programs to prioritize families with children, child support orders often overlook the obstacles to fathers engaging with families, child protective services minimize or exclude father involvement and are often biased against fathers and educational services fail to consider fathers as equal co-parents pennsylvania needs to end systematic barriers that impede fathers from connecting with their children and assist men in preparing for the legal financial 
and emotional responsibilities of fatherhood. What are the goals of the Pennsylvania Commission to promote greater father-family involvement? Raise the consciousness of all Pennsylvanians that fathers can make tremendous contributions to the well-being of children and families. Educate and urge each branch of Pennsylvania state government to adopt and institutionalize a father-inclusive posture toward men within families and to support the active participation of fathers in Commonwealth Child and Family Programming. Convince the Pennsylvania General Assembly to establish in statute a Pennsylvania commission that promotes greater father-family involvement in the lives of children and families and the removal of any state systematic impediments that work against greater father-child and family involvement. How will it work? The commission will include all parts of the government. Members will be appointed by the governor, chief justice of the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, as well as the Senate and the House of Representatives. It'll propose changing laws and policies that impede the development of father-family involvement efforts and will recommend enhancing those that succeed. It will evaluate programs and initiatives that impact fatherhood, make recommendations for improvements, and will also encourage early connections of fathers to their children and throughout the life of the child. The Commission will promote parenting skills designed for fathers, promote high-quality co-parenting relationships, and provide workforce programs and business opportunities to help fathers support their children. It will aid in the understanding, evaluating, and improving father contributions that support better outcomes for Pennsylvania's children and families. We need your support for creating a Pennsylvania Commission to promote greater father-family involvement across the Commonwealth, notwithstanding race, ethnicity, or economic status. Awesome. So that, that's a pretty, pretty broad-sweeping program um, that, that you guys are obviously trying, trying to implement. Where So... Um, where, where specifically, what are some areas, some maybe some more tangible, specific targets you guys have right now um, with the program? Well, again, the whole idea is that there's, um, you guys still there? Can you hear me? I yeah, can we can hear you. you. Okay, you just went out. So, for instance, let's call child protective services or the whole foster system. If a mother, if something happens to a mother, in Philadelphia and in other jurisdictions, often what happens is the father's not even contacted or considered to be a parent. The children will go right to foster care without even contacting or communicating with the father. So that's a, uh, a big, hey, do we lose Mark? Anyway, um, and can you guys hear me? Just wanna make sure that we're, uh... but anyway, that's a perfect example. Um, Oh, I think I just went. I, I think I just went out. Sorry about that. Yeah, while while Mark was gone, could you guys hear me talking? Do I need to repeat? Or uh, Mark, if you drop out, does that mean that I'm cut out too? Or are you? The no, other? you should. You should still. You should still be there. Hear you. So just to, just to let you know, Mark, one of the examples was CPS. That fathers aren't considered, um, and often the uh, the father isn't even consulted with. Um, or and just in custody is the other. Um, there's an example for you. 
So um, the whole idea with the commission is to examine each agency, each area where fathers are um, kept out of the loop and not considered even in social services. There are so many services available for women that aren't available for men or for single fathers. I think that's that's one of those things that uh, I, I think uh, in, in a documentary, kind of an industry documentary, The Red Pill, it talks about like domestic violence. There are two domestic violence shelters for men and thousands for women. Um, there are there are so many different things that are available. We I, I was I was reading a, a a large program that just got a large grant from the state of California today was earmarked specifically to prevent uh, violence against women and children with no mention of of men of, uh, in in anywhere in that. So yeah, I was having a senior moment when you uh, ask for examples. For instance, for instance, educational services fail to prioritize uh, the involvement of fathers, there'll be educational services for women, but not for quote unquote parents. Um, the, uh, and I, I just saw in the comments, somebody talking about child support, the enforcement for child support is an industry in and of itself, but yet not one penny is there to help fathers with their custody problems when a mother is withholding access to the child. Yeah, that's that's definitely something that, that comes up over and over again. And I'm sure um, you, just like I, receive dozens of messages a week from guys that, that are that are seeking help, that are seeking aid um, in, in some form or fashion, whether it be custody, whether it be child support, whether it be they're the victim of domestic violence, and there aren't those resources out there. Um, and I'm a big proponent of, I think that a lot of our issues with family court starts with what the general public understands or believes about the roles of, of, of parents, of mothers and fathers in families. Um, I'm, I'm sure you see this as well, too. One, uh, you'll have a dad will come in and it's like, hey, yeah, if you can get me every other weekend or I know dads get screwed or mom's feeling as if they're entitled to whatever they want when it comes to custody, just pay me child support and get out of my life. Yeah, it, it, speaking of child support, that's uh, an asset that, I mean, I don't have to tell the uh, volunteers at TFRM this, that support is set too high. And there is a video that, uh, and a guest of the TFRM annual conference back in 2019, William Commodore, who explained that it's, <laughs> it's not like you guys don't know this, that child support is set as an asset. It's almost double of what you actually need to raise a child. And that's because there wasn't a shared parenting or fathers hadn't been involved Women were the only caretaker. So this is another uh, area of law that I'd like to see change with the uh, commission when it uh, gets into place. Yeah, and that's one of those things that dates back to that was designed. It was designed for absent fathers. It was designed. Right. It wasn't designed for active and present parents. That's right. And and I, and I see it all the time. You you see a father who. Um, let's just say it's a common scenario where early in the custody dispute, they get a very low custody percentage. In California, it's your gross income and the percentage of custody you have. 
and all of a sudden they get hit with thirteen, fourteen, sixteen hundred dollars a month um, when their take home is three thousand dollars. It hamstrings really everything they can do legally. And then it also prevents them from being able to provide the things they want to for their child. Sure, and this might be a, uh, a good transition when we're talking about this burden that fathers have in paying child support. I, I, I want to make it clear that I am technically not a family lawyer. I'm a litigant. I'm a personal injury workers' compensation and general practitioner. But what I am is a veteran of 10 years 15 years of in and out of family court, almost the entire life of my 18 year old son. Actually, he just turned 19. So um, when I had a lawyer who I thought was a friend or I thought there would be professor professional courtesy and I was hit with a bill when the lawyer didn't even do anything for me. And I realized all my clients I would just give free advice because my clients couldn't afford me. And if a lawyer was hitting me with a bill that seemed to me, you know, you know, much higher than, of course, what I needed, I knew that there was a problem. And then when I uh, met people at TFRM, when I was a volunteer, I realized the problem was, in fact, worse than I thought it was. So what I did when I was a litigant is I taught myself how to represent myself. I had never done family law. But I represented myself. I self-represented. Now, I had three years and decades or so as a uh, law practitioner, and I knew a lot of the judges, or at least I had a reputation in the community. So I was coming from a position of strength. And um, I knew, or, or I've learned just from being a volunteer, how hard it is for a non-lawyer who can't afford a lawyer to navigate through family court. So what I did was, um, and I first want to say that I did not invent this idea. I got this idea from TFRM's uh, Melissa Isaac, who uh, gave self-represented litigants support in her own practice uh, at cost or lower than cost. And she put together a library of about 20 videos to assist dads who are going through family court and can't afford a lawyer. So um, this is really what I do. I, I set up, I make myself available for people who are members of TFRM, Fathers Anonymous, Fathers Rights Groups or whatnot. And um, I am available as a consultant but the idea is I set up free resources on the Law, Tenor, Law Center YouTube channel because of, I thought, how wonderful YouTube is. I don't know a thing about household appliances, electronics, or heavy machinery. And I use YouTube, taught me how to do everything in my house. I could never read a manual, never had the patience. But YouTube is a way that I can learn. And I figured, well, wait a minute. If I know how to represent myself in court, even though I was never a family law lawyer, and uh, I'm a I'm clueless around mechanics in my house, you know, mechanical uh, heavy machinery, you know, lawn mowers and fixing things, but YouTube is teaching me. Then why can't I use YouTube to teach dads and parents who are going through family court? So that's the type of resource that I set up 
And uh, it's also, but I'm not the first to do it. So I want to give a shout out to Melissa Isaac and TFRM for having that same resource on their uh, own channel. And it's on a playlist. Just go to the YouTube channel and you'll see it. Yeah, definitely. That That's something that, uh, that, that I also learned the hard way. I hadn't been a practicing attorney at the time, but I found myself in family court shortly after graduating from law school. And I'm sitting there looking at the forms and the directions and everything that goes into it. And I, that was my first thought is what would what would someone that has not been to law school how, how are they gonna how, how can they quickly help get themselves up to speed to be able to navigate this process um, so I, I completely agree with you there and I think we got um, another video here we want to play I do let me just give the introduction to it so before I ever built something from scratch you know I started having these ideas of wanting to help people wanting to do certain things. And then I kept finding that a lot of what I wanted to do has already been done by other people. One of the things that I discovered was something called uh, lawhelp.org. And I want to know, and Law Help Interactive is kind of the same thing. And um, if I could ask the people in your comments, has anyone heard of lawhelp.org? Guys, do me a favor. If you have, say yes. If you have not, say no. But if you have if you haven't, please don't just uh, if you're by your keyboard, please respond, because I'm really curious. Yeah, I might be there might be a slight a delay. Thank you for answering, Ryan. OK, good. All right. So let me just continue. What lawhelp.org is, it was set up something by a nonprofit that I think they called themselves pro bono.net. So it's a network. Good. No one has. All right. Anyone who is in family court, if you know someone who's in family court, guys, I hope this can open up a world for you. But there is a one stop shop for all the self help resources in the entire country. And um, it really makes an effort to talk you step by step through everything that you need to do in family court. The best way for me to demonstrate this is to show this video. So. Uh, Mark, if you can take down that old video just so it doesn't crash like it did earlier in the uh, prep. But if uh, if you can play that one. Sorry, guys, we'll get we'll get him back in here. We uh, we're having some some tech issues with the videos tonight. Um, but yeah, the the where, where he was going with that, that lawhelp.org is a compilation of every state's. Um, resources that they have and as a as a pro se litigant or um okay and ryan's telling me uh mike's loud we'll we'll, we'll turn it down a little bit here um but yeah so it's a it's a situation it's a it's a resource that you can utilize to help get yourself up to speed as quickly as possible um and so when looks like larry is getting back in here now um, and once we get him back in here, we'll do that video. So we're about halfway through the show tonight. Um, while we're waiting on him, uh, something that got announced this weekend um, that I, I want to let everyone uh, know about. Larry's back in here, and I'll finish this. So um, the Father's Rights Movement has, has kind of, uh, we're still going to be supporting legislative change, but we have actually um, started a fund to help litigation on the federal and at the state level create change. 
Um, and if you go to tfrm.com slash donate, you can set up a reoccurring donation to help support that fund. Um, the Father's Rights Movement has a 1.2 million person reach. Um, or if every person donated $1 a month, that would be $1.2 million that we could utilize to help effectuate change in legislative races um, with litigation at both the state and federal level. So tfrm.org slash donate. Um, our goal, you can set a reoccurring donation. Our goal is to get everybody to donate $1 a month um, and, and have a, a war chest to be able to effectuate that change. So um, we got Larry back now. I'm going to play the video and then uh, we'll continue our conversation. Help Interactive, or LHI, provides free guided interviews to help you prepare legal documents. LHI forms can be used by anyone with a legal issue or by lawyers providing free legal help to low-income people. LHI forms are available in many states and can help with many common civil legal problems. Things like establishing guardianship of a minor, obtaining an uncontested divorce, enforcing visitation rights, stopping a garnishment, dealing with identity theft problems, and more. If you are starting at lawhelpinteractive.org, click on Find Forms to visit a partner site where you can find forms and helpful resources available in your state. Now, let's say you need a guardianship to enroll your grandchildren in school. An LHI guided interview will ask you questions, gather information, and help you prepare the forms you need to represent yourself in court. You can also create an account to save your answers and come back later. When you're done, you can print or email your forms, as well as instructions to help with the next step in resolving your legal problem. The solution to your civil legal issue could be just a few clicks away. Discover what's available for you at lawhelpinteractive.org. Awesome. So we, we have resources like this available. So I kind of want to want to make it um, where people can really understand. So someone comes to you and they may not be able to uh, go out and afford a family law attorney that may cost them ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars. How do they utilize resources like this to help them navigate through the system? All right. First thing I want to say is that I did the first video. I did not do that video. That was done by pro bono net and Law Help Interactive. But so my goal, listen, guys, when I went through family court, I hated every freaking penny I had to pay a lawyer. So as a family law lawyer, I know, or my goal as a lawyer is to keep money in my clients' pockets because they have to pay support. They have to pay their own bills. And a lawyer's, lawyer's time is expensive, just so you know. Lawyers have to, you know, Mark, I don't have to tell you, you have $75 or $100 an hour just at your expenses before you even, you know, start paying yourself. So it's very expensive to be a lawyer. And, you know, so that is why they set their rates as high as they do. Now, for, um, but a lot of what traditional family law services, we can do ourselves. We as litigants can do some forms. We can write some letters we can uh, learn how some basic principles uh, and now find online 
some of the lectures that lawyers would give because they give the same lecture all the time. And there's a lot of self-help or, or self-resource instructions that are online. What Law Help Interactive does is put the most common things that lawyers say or the, 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 base, the advice that applies to everyone online and make it easy to find with search words. And they connect every resource in every county across the country in one place. It's a one-stop shop, lawhelp.org. And you put the two initials of your state in front. So where I live, it's PA, lawhelp.org in Philadelphia, because it has 90% self-help litigants. Most of the forms are Philadelphia, but some other counties that are uh, have resources have put some on their own website and lawhelp.org really connects everything. So again, whatever, anything that you have to do, if you put a search in lawhelp.org or just follow keywords, you can find some information to help you do what you have to do. And what TFRM, what Melissa does with TFRM's website and what I do with the Law Center is I try and fill in gaps of what's not there. So uh, that's the first thing. Then, now I am not saying that everyone should go it alone. I actually discourage that. I do believe you need a lawyer. But the idea is go to the lawyer to get outside your own head, get advice, and then do the grunt legwork that your lawyers used to charge on your own. You know, if, if you have a, a house a project around your house that you give a day a week until you build a deck or until you fix something in your own home, that's what representing yourself in court would be. You figure one day a week, you put a lot of time in, and just like you can do something around your house and save $10,000, $20,000, it's really the same thing. You can save that in lawyer fees, and you can free up your money so it lasts longer, especially if you're in one of these high-conflict situations or uh, narcissistic co-parents. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. That's that's one thing, a conversation I have with some clients, and it's not a fit for everyone, um, but there are certain clients who I'm, I'm like, hey, you're more than capable. You own the facts at the end of the day. I'm, I'm just strategy and putting things together. So if you can spend that six hours putting together all the facts, if you can spend the six hours compiling all the exhibits, and then you send them for me to get cleaned up, that that's going to save you several thousand dollars, um, because at the end of the day, I mean, I, I, my my one of my things to my clients is, at, no matter what, you're going to understand the facts and you're going to know the details better than me. So if you're able to put something together and say, this is what I think the issue is, um, that's much easier. If you bring to me a letter or a document you've drafted. Um, candidly, I think everyone would say this, it's easier to edit and massage a document into the way it's supposed to be than drafting something from scratch. And every, every six minutes you save from me working on your case or Larry working on your case is money that's staying in your pocket. Um, because contrary to popular belief, um, my goal with every single case is to return some of that retainer money. Um, that's that's I almost gamify the representation because in my opinion the quicker this is over the better it is going to be for both parties and the better it's going to be for the children um, and it sounds like you you have a very similar philosophy of trying to keep as much money in your clients pockets that's right and, and especially again when you have a clientele that doesn't have the money anyway 
So I'm get I give a lot of free advice away to my personal injury clients as like a marketing or lost leader. So if I'm going to be saying the same thing over and over and over again or handle the same calls, basically I say, hey, I have a video for you. Watch that. And then I can supplement their advice. You know, I mean, I could supplement the advice online with whatever. And my advice, my free time goes further. The clients save more. And so that's why I'm developing this or develop the law center. And then another project I have is basically a prep course on how clients can be better clients and work with the limited scope lawyer that I have not drafted yet, but that's my next project to develop an online course for people to take who want to handle as much as they can. And they're in a high conflict situation or not, but they want to handle as much as they can and how to be a better client so that your money goes further and you can save more money for your child's education and for supporting your child and still have all your rights protected. That's the goal. That's the whole thing. Yeah, definitely. And, and before we go on to anything else, I, I told you yesterday, I ended up down the rabbit hole a couple of days. Um, can you explain to people what your YouTube channel, The Law Center, does and where they can find it? Because there are a lot of phenomenal resources and a ton of educational material, not just specific to Pennsylvania, but it's going to be specific to parents everywhere. Well, hopefully we'll have the link in the description portion of this video. Uh, if, if maybe by tomorrow, uh, Mark. I think I have the uh, password for the, the the website. I can put it in there with your permission, um, and I'll just show you if I can. Um, if you'll allow me to pull this up, I have it right here. I'll show you what it looks like if I can. Oh, did I put this in the wrong spot? Yeah, here we go. Uh, no, you know what? I can't. Sorry about that. Stop screen. Well, anyway. There's two playlists. If, if you go on the homepage, the top two playlists or the top playlist is for family law, self-represented litigants. So if you go to the YouTube channel, The Law Center, click the home tab and look at the first list. And it goes across from left to right by petition from custody, support, divorce, general family law, meaning preparation for a hearing. Uh, I don't know if I said protection from abuse and then a list of government resources that I just put together in one playlist. So it's the top row under the homepage of the YouTube channel. Don't just hit videos. Don't even just hit playlist because everything doesn't show in playlist. Hit the home tab and then there's a list of, of all those all in one place. Yeah, and that's that. Like I said, I, I went down the rabbit hole. There's a ton of phenomenal resources. I encourage everyone go check that YouTube page out. Go give his page a like. It, it's something that can be valuable to to any any parent going through the family court system. Um, so, so, so I just want to add, but um, when I met your fine organization, Mark TFRM, at the Vegas conference in 2019. And now that the, the pandemic is somewhat relaxing, I hope you guys are going to have another national conference. And if, uh, if TFRM does, I encourage everyone listening to make sure you attend. Melissa Isaac gave a presentation, and I was part of a team who volunteered to record it. So I recorded her, and I chopped up her two-hour presentation by topic. So also, it's not just my site. If you go to TFRM's YouTube channel, 
click the playlist button and look for self-represented resources. Look for her face and you'll see 20 videos. I set that up. <laughs> I, uh, you know, she certainly had the knowledge, but I was the tech man behind that. So what I have, that's another resource that you really should check out if you're a dad, and if you're going through the family court system right now. I also have a playlist called About Family Court where I basically criticize the support system, the legal, the, uh, the, the judicial, the power of judges, the, um, the uh, custody, the, the billing industry, basically everything that's wrong with family court. And I propose solutions for reform, not just shared parenting, not just revising the, um, the, the support guidelines, but also measures that can cut back judicial corruption and ethic reform. Okay, so I, that, that, that opens Pandora's box right there. And then I've watched some of your stuff. So, uh, um, but uh, what, what, are, what are some, ha having been around, been around law, what are some of the key components that in your mind need to be changed in family court today? Well, let's just start with, again with the support. I know some people were commenting about that. The idea that the support calculations were written by one economist, and her her formula was used in almost all fifty states. But what she's doing is um, the the standard of living that the child was used to having before a divorce or a separation. But it's not just the child that takes a hit; both parents are taking a hit. You, everyone has got to cut back on money and save money. It's it's not. The, the, the support calculations are not set to the expenses of raising a child. It's set to a high quality of life and standard of living that was there when you had a two-income family. And I have a play a video that I actually took from the movie Divorce Corp and uh, Joe Sorge's interview. But uh, you guys, TFRM had William Commodore come and speak and gave the same talk. He gave the same study. So incidentally, Mark, it's also on TFRM's page. So that's just a one. That's just an example. But the other things I talk about, I talk about core corruption and judicial corruption and that it's not individual judges. It's a corrupt system. There's too much money involved in the system. So people don't always think of the best interests. And it, it's basically an explanation on how uh, having different laws can give more accountability to judges and you'll have a, a better decisions you'll have um a better court system yeah definitely uh that that's one of the uh I, part of that i think gets solved with the equal and shared parenting where if you have that 50 50 presumption child support obviously adjust to that i know in california you can still get a pretty high child support bill even at 50 50 custody though um so we'll we'll um we'll we'll move on it we, we do have a couple more topics i think we wanted to wanted to cover tonight and um one of them um do we want to do the legacy video you want to go talk about limited scope um we kind of did cover limited scope and i see we're short in time because maybe we can get some questions but let me just say that i was a targeted parent i was an alienated parent i get up <laughs> i get choked up when i talk about it but there was a time when, you know, my wife, my uh, ex was trying to turn my son against me and I didn't spend nearly as much time with him as I would have liked. So um, because I felt that I didn't give to my son what my dad gave to me, I thought of a way that I could reach him. 
I was also kind of afraid of my own mortality and that I would have, have had an impact on his life that my father had on mine. So um, I want to show a video that describes what I did. What I did was I did a video of my dad. And it was, it was kind of the idea. It was, it was me telling my son what my dad, who passed away right before my son was born, what my dad would want to tell my son or what type of influence he would be. So I did a legacy video of my son's grandfather, my dad. And this illustrates a movie called My Life where I got the idea. So I'd like to show that. Sometimes life gives us just what we hope for. And sometimes it doesn't. We got the lab reports back this morning. There's been no reduction in tumor size or density. I'm sorry, Bob, you don't have a lot of time left. The fact is, I'm supposed to be dying. Now, the tricky part here is you're about to be born. So I wanted to leave you this videotape so that you know something about me. Music. This is actually a pretty important subject. Your mother is going to be of no help in this area. She will try to fill your head with show tunes. You're going to have South Pacific coming out your nostrils. Hey, I hope everyone listening is in good health and doesn't have the Grim Reaper, not, uh, the Grim Reaper knocking on the door like Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton's character videoed himself speaking directly to his son. But I want my son to know his grandfather, who he never met, and I also want him to know his great-grandparents, who are also special role models. Gosh, he was so well-respected. He was such a gentleman, and he had such integrity. He was very honest, and he was very simple, and people loved him for it. I wish I had a dollar for every time a judge, an attorney, a client, a friend said, boy, I love your father. So I'm not sick or anything, guys. I'm not, pat, you know, like I said, I'm not, uh, I'm not facing the Green Reaper or anything, but I really felt I was cheated out of my son's childhood in a big part of it because he didn't grow up with me. And I talked to a lot of dads who are really frustrated that they don't have enough time with their child. And you probably were with your uh, ex for a time, or you probably have a, a cluster of pictures in your cell phone because most of the kids now grew up when we had cell phones in our pockets. So the whole idea is take with every birthday, every graduation, every important person in my life, I put together all these videos, I put together a little, a little tribute, and I become a uh the family historian and i encourage you guys that if you are having your children turn against you or if you feel frustrated that you're not close enough to your child this has been very therapeutic to me to spend time uh editing uh videos you know the, the child playing is you know getting his first hit at baseball or um whatever you have whatever you have, baby pictures or as something like a vacation that you took, put it together, put it to music, say, uh, you know, and give your something, give your, 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 your children and your unborn grandchildren something to remember you by. It's very cathartic. It, 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 it was like, it really soothed a yearning I had to be closer 
and I ended up I ended up watching a lot of these videos, like weekly or monthly. Anytime I was down or missing, I thought I would just put the whole library on. And it, it was it's not hard to do. A lot of technologies plug and play. So I encourage you guys who don't have the nearness that you want with your children to do this. Uh, now, Mark, we lost you. Uh, I'm going to assume you guys can still hear me. And uh, um, so uh, I taught myself videography. I was not trained on this. I was the, uh, I'm the guy who can't do a thing with plumbing. I can't learn how to mow the lawn or, 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 or saw something in the backyard until I do a video explaining me how to use this. And I taught, but one thing I could do is whatever, I found videos and I taught myself how to edit, how to be a videographer and how just to drop videos on a timeline, upload music. It actually is not that hard. And you can have someone in Fiverr do it for five bucks for you. So again, I, I uh, um, encourage you to do this. Uh, until Mark comes back, I'm going to look at your questions, guys. Have a question regarding support and pencil. Someone under support order was in prison. Um, yeah, I believe that your the clock runs with if you're incarcerated, that uh, it doesn't suspend your obligation. And Ryan, you do a video like like that every night of your kid. I do the same thing. I would uh, video myself when he was three, dancing, uh, watching uh, Disney videos on YouTube and I record the two of us. So I have that and I can show him that, you know, at his graduation party or something like that. So um, I hear people saying I, I do need uh, help. And guys, do me a favor, please. The contact, my contact information will be in the description portion of the video. So, um, and my email, I will actually put now, actually, I don't know how to, to do that anyway it's glarnes.demarco with gmail.com that will also be in the description portion of the video give me your feedback i actually want to do a beta um i want to have a community to do a beta session of people who will take my course and i want to design the course around interaction what people say they need so i do want feedback if anyone wants to help participate uh, of course, I'm talking about is the one for self-help represented litigants and people who want to work with the lawyer and want to be a better, more efficient client. Mark, I was just keeping them warm for you, buddy. Unmute. Let me get my mic on here. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I, uh, I I ended up sitting in the dark here. My power went completely out. So uh, back. Uh, do you want to um, take a few questions here to wrap up? Yeah, I started. I just saw one from uh, somebody, but if anyone else has them, I'll uh, do what I could. I, I got one here. Was it about uh, child support in Pennsylvania? I answered that one. You answered that one. Okay, let me let me let me dig through and find um, some. If you have a question. Um, so this is more of a less of a question. Less of a question, more more of a statement, but I think we can provide some context maybe for them. Um, so Ryan here, I've spent $5,000 on my divorce attorney and she's gotten away with making me homeless on false allegations. Um, 
so I think the question ultimately is how how does uh, how does someone one um, deal with false allegations in, in a general sense, and then two is financially what can a, what can a guy do to to kind of weather the storm of this chapter of his life? Sure, um, Ryan. I have a you know, thank you for being so active in the comment section. I also saw that you were agreeing to help. So um, the the first of all, you know, false allegations. That was really my story. I had to fight false allegations. So when you talk about how, um, you know, there's 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 good books on this too. I have a whole lot of resources on that. And I say all this telling you guys that the experience that I would share is really my own, that I don't have a, uh, a wide range of fact patterns. But, you know, I thought I was the only one until I met TFRM and started, you know, handling some questions on the inbox. So it's something that we all go through. And, you know, one thing to say is that you, you take it on a case-by-case -case basis. So here's the whole point. Something like that. Um, I'm going to defer that question to Mark, how you handle false allegations. But I can generally say this to you, Ryan. The more, you know, work with your lawyer. If you find a lawyer who is open to working together, your lawyer is going to tell you how you do that. And then you say to the lawyer, look, I'm willing to help myself. So, you know, the, what can I do to, to uh, you know, she'll drain me 100 grand. You see, you're already out five and you're saying she's got away with making me homeless on false allegations. I'm sure it's not the lawyer who made the false allegations. I'm sure it's your ex. But the point is you participate and you follow your lawyer's advice because whatever the allegations you have is particular to your situation. So, um, you know, you have to win the he said, she said argument by gathering evidence and uh, and you organize it in a way that it's not going to take your lawyer several hours every time that you send some. You organize it ahead of time so the lawyer can spend five minutes instead of three hours. And um, so it's it's it's. You know, follow the self-help steps that are on my site, that are on TFRM site, and and participate the most you can, and make sure you deal with a a, uh, a client-friendly lawyer like uh, Mark or someone else who has flat rate or limited scope as part of their services. Yeah, I think the the biggest struggle with um, false allegations is. If it didn't happen, essentially your response sounds like you're saying "nuh, -uh. like no, we we can't, like that never happened. If there if there's no evidence that it occurred, there's also no evidence that it didn't occur. Um, so really, the best thing you can do, knowing that in family court it's preponderance of the evidence, is to have a track record that the judge would say, "I can't see this person doing that." Um, so if you have a track record of sending nasty text messages and blowing up her phone and um that that could sway the judge to say okay i could see him getting violent i could see him doing this and this isn't criminal court this isn't beyond reasonable doubt this is this is 51 percent um that they're looking that you they're, they're you, you want to be more believable than the other party is and i and larry so that looks like something to add um yes Somebody had a comment. I thought it was, I jumped in the private chat. Hold on. It was um, probable here, Bill. 
Bill said the problem is finding a good lawyer. So I'm going to define a lawyer as someone who uh, doesn't want your business, doesn't want to strip you of all your money because they have mouths to feed or they have a vacation home to pay for, but they want to put money in your pocket and they want people to come to them because they want you to know that they're there to help. Look for limited scope attorney and unbundled services. Don't look for unbundled attorney. That's a company. That's a referral marketing company. And they pay a lot. The lawyers pay a lot for that network and they have to get that back from you. But if you can go on a private website and that lawyer has flat fee, limited scope or unbundled services, what they're saying is that they're not going to try and pay. They're not going to uh, bill you by the hour. They have already estimated how long it'll typically take. And they're going to try and be time efficient for their profit. They're going to try and get you in and out to help save you money. So that's my def definition of good. So good is someone who understands your pain. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good point. I mean, I, I know when, when a guy comes in my office and they're maybe nothing or it's very limited as to what can actually be done or that there are certain attorneys who just being very candid not every attorney is rolling around in money um and they'll take every bit of business and if they need an extra couple grand to pay the mortgage or whatever it may be that may be you get they, they may try to get that from you so so finding a lawyer who's not desperate for that client and you feel comfortable with. I always tell people when they're leaving my office when they're gonna make that decision, you need to be comfortable with that person in your gut. Um, don't overthink it. It needs to be that person that you feel like has your back. Any other questions? All right, so let me, let me find one more here. Um, Okay, this, this one fits right in with uh, what we talked about tonight. So we got Dylan. Um, how do I get a paternity case started without going bankrupt? Um, so, so tonight, um, Larry ha has shown us several resources. Every state's different, um, but you should. There's probably a self-help center at the courthouse, and then um, Larry's YouTube page, the Father's Rights Movement, um, Larry, I'll let you take this. What would you, so someone someone reaches out and says, how do I get a paternity case started most cost effectively? What do you tell them? Oh, that's great. So then look, I have this in a video and it's, five, it's steps to take before you go to an attorney. So I am going to say very open to you, Dylan, that I don't know off the top of my head, I know where to look. Because if I went to lawhelp.org, I would type my state, which is PA. Then I would type in paternity. Then something comes up. You filed. If you want the paternity, if you want the paternity case, look, you either have already waived that or she didn't prove it yet, in which case you're defending because she's filing support. Or if you're filing for custody and you're the moving party, then the question is, is she denying it? So it sounds like it's a support issue when you ask that, but you look at support and you look at defending paternity and whatnot, and it gives you a step. You decide what you think you can do by reading that. And then you call the lawyer and say, this is what I'm going to do. Any advice for me? And then you're paying for answering, for asking one question rather than four hours at $1,500 because the lawyer is going to think for you. 
but you can go and find those self-help resources first, read up what the lawyer's going to tell you, make your best effort, and then where you think you know, but you really don't, you give a call and you have a 20-minute conversation with either a free consultation or you take an hour, you pay 300 bucks, and you just cut down your expenses 10 to 20 cents on the dollar. Couldn't that's have put it better myself. So uh, we're, we're, we're wrapping up here. We're at about the hour mark. Um, so, uh, Larry, I want to thank you so much uh, it, for coming on tonight, providing the, the resources to our viewers um, that you have. So where, where can they find you online? All right, the YouTube is the Law Center, the Law Center YouTube channel. That link will be in the description portion. My website is thelawcenter.net uh, for the self-help resources. My um, law practice is DeMarco and DeMarco PC or DeMarco and DeMarco.com on the internet, but that's my Philadelphia office. Uh, I have a Facebook uh, page, The Law Center. I also have Lawrence DeMarco as my personal profile. I have, uh, if you just type in Lawrence DeMarco, I post so much video that I pretty much come at the top. There's a few other Lawrence DeMarcos, but it'll be clear it's me. So the, the easiest thing to say is, uh, Mark, again, with your permission, I'll have everything up in the description portion of this video before 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. Awesome. That, that will be perfect. So thank you so much. Um, thank you for everyone for hanging on. I know we had a few little uh, technical glitches tonight. Uh, next week, I will be back on State of the Family Courts. actually going to be live from Orlando at the American Bar Association Family Law Conference. So look forward to seeing everyone there. And uh, Larry, once again, thank you so much for coming on tonight. And we'll see everyone next Thursday. Thank you, Mark.